Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Hey guys, welcome to the first degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting across from Alexis Linkletter and next to Billy Jensen. We're recording in Alexis's apartment right now, so apologies if the sound isn't perfect, but I think that we got it to a decent place. We're not just in our apartment, we're in our kitchen. <laughs> we're in this small, very small breakfast Listen, nook in her we're kitchen. in a beautiful nook that I designed with a counter high <laughs> bench and it's, it's adorable. It's adorable, but I feel like I'm in a tiny home. I've never been this close to Billy ever. It feels kind of uncomfortable. I'm used to being across from him. This has switched everything up. Yeah. You know? Well, he insisted because he thought he didn't fit in this little corner. I don't think he would have fit. Whatever. So anyways, happy day after Christmas or what Billy would like to call it. It's happy National Candy Cane Day. Oh, that's not the one that I wanted. No, well, that's what you're getting. (laughs) Because let's call back to uh, 2013 when Norma Marino was... Uh, arrested for allegedly stabbing a wheelchair man bound uh, a wheelchair bound man excuse me in the eye with a plastic candy cane oh a plastic yeah but you can but you know what if you do a search for can you stab somebody in the uh, uh with a candy cane and kill them you can see a lot of uh uh, questions and answers on Quora. National <laughs> Hard Candy Day. Oh, we did? <laughs> yeah, we did. I thought, Billy, I thought we had to listen you know to what? our episodes. But that's I, okay. You know what? Uh, I like to call a metal candy cane a knife. <laughs> Nope. Is okay. that a joke? <laughs> <laughs> is that like an actual joke? I could, Listen, I could, you know also, what? guys, we're recording at 9 a.m., so we might be a little more uptight than usual, so just break. No, I, see, this is my time to thrive. Not me. I need this mimosa to go on much We have mimosas. Must, we have coffee. Faster. Wait, did you want National Winers Day? I liked National Winers Day, and it's also National Thank You Note Day. It's kind of cute. There has to be some kind of crime related to, to like, a thank to you thank, note. To a yes. thank you note? Mm-hmm. That they like trace back the handwriting or something? All right, but I didn't do that research. Okay, well, whatever. So somebody else can do it. Let's just jump right into our case. We coincidentally have a first degree connection to a very festive case. Well, Christmas is a time for joy and merriment, but there's also always murder on and around Christmas. And there's part of life. So yeah, we're just because there's back to reality. There's murder every day. Yeah, pretty much. So we're going to talk about the Christmas of last year 2017 so on christmas eve of 2017 a celebrity vegan chef named mylon ross posted a video on facebook of him and his 11 year old son nigel wishing everyone a merry christmas and singing santa claus is coming to town an old favorite and then (laughs) approximately two hours later he would actually unleash a reign of terror and take the lives of his recently divorced wife and two children one of whom was depicted in the christmas video that he posted just two hours before the killing began. A deadly Christmas Day shooting. It's an incident that sparked a tense standoff with police overnight. 
Just hours before the shooting, he posted a video with his family showing just how excited they were for Christmas. Truly something horrific on any day, but to happen on Christmas, people here are still working to process what police say happened just a few doors down. I just heard the lady screaming and um, I just heard the two gunshots. Anthony Mylan Ross was commonly known by his middle name, Mylan, and that is what he used for his business ventures, which included vegan cooking, <clears throat> writing, and motiv- motivational speaking. God, I need this drink. <laughs> uh, but, and here's the thing. I'm, I know I'm going to mispronounce his name because I can't remember how to pronounce just it. Just call him Mulan. Mulan. Mylan. <laughs> Mylan. It's Mylan. This is how bougie you are. You're just like, it's got to be Mulan. <laughs> Mylan Ross used to be 500 pounds, and he ended up losing more than 200 pounds by switching to a vegan diet. He attributed his weight loss to his vegan lifestyle. He spoke about it in a feature-length documentary that also included celebs like James Cameron and Samuel L. Jackson, neither of whom I knew were vegan. Did you? Oh. Very random people. Russell Simmons was, but that's about it. Um, so after his weight loss, he became a certified vegan chef who gained quite a bit of notoriety. He appeared on shows like the doctors on CBS, and he also graced the covers of vegan lifestyle magazines with his wife, Iris and his son, Nigel. And he also wrote a book. It was called the change, which detailed his weight loss and lifestyle shift. And if you go on Amazon, you can still buy the change. I know. And, uh, this is the, uh, the intro that they have for the change working at whole foods had been good to Mylon Ross. It not only allowed him to earn a decent living, but also provided his family the medical insurance his family so desperately needed. But it wasn't until Milan was offered the opportunity to attend Dr. Stoll's immersion program that his life totally changed. This is the story of how Milan Ross lost 225 pounds of excess weight and found the passion his life had been missing. You guys know what Sunday scaries are. And what's going to be the worst version of Sunday Scaries is after we all get done with the holiday break. We're going to have the holiday break scaries like no other. But essentially, it's obviously that feeling of doom. All the responsibilities you have coming up, all the things you've been putting off, and you're dreading all of that. Did you spend all your money? Did you drunk text? Did you do your laundry? All of those things that make you miserable. There is a solution. Sunday Scaries make these daily anxieties not so scary and allows you to enjoy the now and live in the present. They provide a calm, clean sense of relief and mild euphoria. And they also are a natural, non-habit-forming remedy for all types of anxiety, big or small. And these CBD gummies are custom formulated with 10 milligrams of broad spectrum and isolate CBD as well as vitamins B12 and D3 for those mood boosters we desperately need. At least I do. Sunday Scaries can be ordered online at sundayscaries.com and shipped directly to your front doorstep. There are also subscription packages for reoccurring monthly orders at a discounted rate. And right now, our listeners can buy Sunday Scaries with a 10% discount and free shipping at sundayscaries.com using promo code FIRSTDEGREE. So I also looked up his book on Amazon. There's only one bad review on it depicting what was to come you would think that it would be bombarded by yeah. a bunch of people being like uh this guy is a little bit f-ed up but only one yeah. no we only don't... people leave bad reviews um on podcasts <laughs> which we really appreciate <laughs> that everyone. you breathe hard on thank you listen i'm only one person and i have many flaws but I'm also only... many strengths <laughs> well we're gonna hear from mylan right now Hey, what's up? This is Mylon Ross, and I wanted to talk to you guys today 
I'm at home after a long, long travel stint. Um, back here behind me on the stove, I have a pot of what I call drunken sailor stew. It's navy beans and carrots and potatoes, and you guys may not be able to smell this, but I'm just going to tell you straight out, man, it, it smells like mama's been in the house. Um, with that being said, guys, I want to talk to you about something that I'm doing, and I want to challenge all of you guys uh, to do it as well. I'm doing something called a 90-day impact. Now, you may ask yourself, what does a 90-day impact mean, really? Basically, I'm taking things that I would like to change about myself, and over the next 90 days, I'm making it so that I make it every day I'm doing those necessary changes for the full 90 days. I'm challenging you to join me on this 90-day impact. Let today, or let's say tomorrow since it's so late, be day one for you. So where exactly does this story for our purposes begin? Well, I think it should start in 2012, which is when our first degree connection came in contact with Mylan. Whole Foods is a big part of the story, and Megan is actually one of the people who hired Mylan at Whole Foods on this panel. Yeah, so it was 2012, and I was working at Whole Foods Market, and we were hiring for a position there, which was a supervisor position. We would do panel interviews, so there would be anywhere from three to five current Whole Foods employees on the interview panel, and then we would interview, let's say, five or six people for the position that we were hiring for. So um, for this position, I was on the interview panel with, I believe it was three other people, and we interviewed about five people as per normal, and uh, Mylan was one of the people that we interviewed, and um, his interview went really well the the his first impression to me and I think everybody that met him is that he's really charismatic and could fill a room easily with his personality he was loud and he laughed a lot and he was just a really um, outwardly charismatic type of person Um, not only that but he was a big guy too he was probably over six feet tall and at the time he even said it himself was overweight at the time um and so he was just like a big personality and then you know after we go through the interviews we discuss um the candidates who we wanted to hire and I was one person who was like I don't know he's he's got you know his big personality is great but it seems like it could be intimidating to some people um, just because of his stature and how loud he is and it could be kind of you know a problem and I kind of didn't get the best feeling from him he seemed oh it was over the top like everything was like over exaggerated with him it just didn't seem really genuine in my opinion and it was unanimous with everyone else that they wanted to hire Mylan he gets hired and um, starts his role at Whole Foods, and, um, you know, like I said, he just, he took on to it, I think, really well, because he he is outwardly a really incredible people person. He um, loves talking to people, and that was perfect for him on the front end, uh, where the cashiers are and everything, because he would 
talk to the customers and um, talk to the employees. But again, it was it was like the type of person who they're just being so it's like he never had a bad day. So he's just being so over the top and so charismatic all of the time that it became to be almost like annoying to to the employees and people would kind of talk and be like, yeah, he's kind of weird. Like he's always in this like really good mood, which is, it's kind of (laughs) skeptical, you know, when somebody like they never come in and have a bad day and he's just, it just seems so forced almost sometimes. Like he was forcing himself to be so like uppity and talkative and, um, and it was, it, it was weird because some people really did enjoy him and like him and got along really well with him. But I would say the majority of people that who I talked with when I worked with him at the store just got like this weird vibe from him because it never seemed like he was being super real. Like he wouldn't ever, you know, people, you know, we all work together 40 hours a week. So we see each other so much and we get to know each other on good days and bad days. And so getting to know him became really difficult because it seemed like he wouldn't, um, like let anybody see the real side of him. It was always this show that he was putting on all the time. Whole Foods used to sell, and they still do, they sell books and like health books that doctors and nutrition people write. And one of the things that Whole Foods did was, um, these doctors or nutritional coaches would do, um, these programs. They would take like 30 people and they would do this program where they would teach you about nutrition or cooking and exercise and whatever program it was that the doctor, you know, was was promoting. And so what Whole Foods did was they would send employees who were interested in attending, they would send them to these programs and pay for it and everything. And so Mylan, he applied to go to the program, and it was with Dr. Stoll who promoted this plant-based like vegan lifestyle. So he went on the immersion program for a week. It was in Florida and he came back and he was so excited about all this stuff that he learned. So the Whole Foods program that Mylan participated in focused on a plant-based diet and basically helped their employees find healthier food options. After one week in the program, he saw change. And this is a quote from him. At Immersion, I promised myself that if I saw anything that I w- that worked, I would stick to it. In one week, he dropped 33 pounds and lost six inches off his waist. That's insane. I did not know that it was even possible to lose that much weight in a week. Well, when you're carrying that much, your body wants it off. That's true. So even just the minimal effort and minimal diet, I mean, changes can really help. Yeah. He continued to stick to his promise and kept going. And after three months, he lost a total of 70 pounds. Which is bonkers. So while this was happening, he was living in Colorado with his wife, Iris, and his son, Nigel. The couple had married in Houston, had their son, Nigel, and moved to the affluent Colorado suburb together. Yes. And interestingly, Megan also has a story about this affluent Colorado suburb and Milan. And it it did seem kind of interesting of why he was applying at Whole Foods. So on his resume, it seemed like he had this really successful career as a voiceover actor. You know, Whole Foods wasn't 
the highest paying job ever. So it was interesting to me as to why he was applying for the job. And the part of town that the store was in is in a town called Highlands Ranch, Colorado. And it is a, a very upper middle class neighborhood. So there's a lot of wealth over there, you know, really big houses. Everybody drives really nice cars. Um, people have really good jobs out there. And it definitely is a place where you would have to be making a really decent amount of money to live. So most of the people who worked at Whole Foods commuted in from other towns outside of there or lived with their parents or something like that. So, and he did live in Highlands Ranch. And one of the other things that he used to do at work a lot as well was he would brag the type of car he drove and the house he lived in. It's like he drove this really nice SUV and he was buying a Tesla and all of this stuff. And we're all working at Whole Foods, like barely making any money. And we're like, okay, like we can't relate to that at all. He obviously brags a lot. So what else was Megan noticing about Mylan as she continued to work with him? So um, we did all get to meet his family and his wife was super beautiful and, and really kind and his son was adorable. And like I said, they did live in Highlands Ranch, so he didn't live too far from the store. So one of the things that he would do is on his days off from work, he would come in to Whole Foods and do his grocery shopping and he would bring his family. He would bring his wife and Nigel and they would spend like hours in the store which was also kind of weird, um, but they would be there shopping for hours and chit-chatting with everybody, and um, and he did talk about Nigel a lot. He It seemed like he had a good relationship with his wife and Nigel, and he lived this perfect life. It was always this perfect world that he lived in. Megan noticed other strange behavior that her coworker Mylan was exhibiting, including having these weird, strange parties where he wouldn't really partake, but would have all these younger employees over. And it's kind of Charles Manson-y. If any of you guys know about Charles Manson, he used to do something really similar, and it was to get control over a situation. So let's hear about that. During the time when he was working there, he would have, he would throw like little parties at his house. So there were a number of coworkers who went to his house to these parties and it was kind of weird because he would invite the younger people that worked at Whole Foods. So like 20, 21, you know, early 20s people that were working there over to his house to drink or smoke weed or something like that. But the weird thing was is that he never really participated in it, but he would have the people over. And so it was kind of like he was wanting to have people like him. It seemed weird to me because I was never invited to one of these things, and I was a little bit older at the time. Um, but he was inviting, like, only the younger crowd there to go to his house. So I did talk to somebody who went to his house several times and hung out there, and he said it was kind of weird because... Mylon was not participating in the drinking or smoking that everybody else was, so it was kind of like a weird thing that was going on with that, too. This whole thing of he needs to be liked by everybody, he wants to hang out with the 20-year-olds even though he's older, 
and kind of like host these parties and things like that. It's like he really needs validation from everybody. Yeah, he needs an outside validation, even though it's I mean, I'm sure she wasn't the only person that was kind of picking up on it. It was weird that he was spending his off days at Whole Foods just lingering around having people see him like that's there. That's odd. When you ha- when you meet somebody that's off, you're usually right. Oh, yeah. It's ne- you've never really. It's very rare that you you meet somebody and you're off, and then like two weeks later, you're just like, oh, you know what? I thought he was creepy, but now now I've realized like that that's all dissipated. Yeah, it's all dissipated. I like it's him all, now. It's all fine now. It's all nope. good now. Usually you're right, and then some something happens, and you're like, I was really fucking right. Yeah, no, and it's somebody. It's never even really they're offensive. It's just something uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I've definitely met people where between what they're saying and their body language and how animated And just the vibe. Are. I'm like, and you feel like they're encroaching on you even when they're not. And right. it's like, uh, you just want this conversation to end. Like that's happened to me a million times with people. And I'm just like, no dude, there's something off about you. Right. And it's like somebody you probably just wouldn't want to be like it's, alone with. It's also that trying too hard feeling mm-hmm. when someone's just trying too hard to like make you like them or, there's literally somebody like this in my apartment complex really that wants to be the mayor of my apartment complex Mm -hmm. and is just always around and always like where the people are and like it's just too much i'm like get a hobby dude like (laughs) come on so megan was observing this a lot as she was working at whole foods but eventually she did leave and moved on up in the world one of the weird things that would happen is I would still go back to that store and shop there sometimes and visit friends that I worked with. And I would go there and he would act like he wouldn't even know who I was. Like we never even worked together. He didn't recognize me. And I was, I was, I would be like, you know, hi, Mylon, how are you? And he would just act like he had no idea who I was. And it was almost like thinking back on it now. He was definitely drawn towards weaker kind of personalities, in my opinion. So he, anybody who kind of like was standoffish of him or kind of put off by him a little bit, he completely just wrote off and just didn't really want anything to do with them. And there were a number of us who thought that his personality was just so fake and weird and we wouldn't like buy into his stuff that he was going on at work and being so loud and chit-chatty and just so fake. And so I think that he would push those people away and just not even want to have anything to do with them. And then the people who were really excited about him and, and liked him, he would grasp onto those people and pull them in. So it was totally bizarre when I would go in there. And I mentioned it to some other people, too. And they were, they, a couple other people had the same experience. Like they would go into Whole Foods and he would act like he didn't know their name or something like that. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus and I couldn't practice enough and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop, or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways, and with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, and then sentences, and before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash first today. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree 50 and use code degree 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on the realreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. After I left the store um, and he completed the immersion program, um, I did hear that he was writing a book and, you know, Whole Foods was also really excited about him because they were like, this is a success story that, you know, this man got hired here and he lost all this weight and he's vegan now and he's writing a book. So Whole Foods was really um, supporting him doing all this stuff. I think his personality got even stranger after he came back and, and started this whole popularity journey of his weight loss. So obviously, Mylan is gaining all of this momentum as a weight loss success story, and he started appearing in the media, news segments, talk shows, and he was discussing this incredible transformation. So Mylan claimed that he suffered from obesity his entire life, and at his heaviest, he weighed 518 pounds. He ended up shedding, like we've mentioned, nearly 300 pounds after discovering his plant-based diet. And he said, I've lost more weight than I weigh now, which is crazy, he said in one news segment. And he also had this heartwarming story about the, the event and heartbreaking story about the event that prompted him to lose all this weight. He said that he had taken his son to Universal Studios and they went on the Harry Potter ride. Nigel really wanted to do this for his birthday, but he was too large to fit on the Harry Potter ride. And Nigel started crying. And he said that was the moment that he decided that he needs to lose the weight. 
And that's a good moment. You know, that's a damn good ride, that Harry Potter ride. Oh, I still haven't gone. I haven't gone either. Maybe we should go. Yes, we should. Should we go on a first degree outing? Absolutely. Oh, my God. I can't imagine going to a theme park with Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, have you guys got fitted for robes yet? What? No. For your robes? I do have Have a wand. Have you been sorted in a house yet? Not like, like with the actual sorting. Yeah. I've done like the test online. And what are you? Um, oh my God, I was about to say Hufflepuff, Gryffindor. You're Gryffindor. What yeah. are you? Do you know? know. Well, you're going to have to do that. Okay. I have okay. a wand though, but it was just like bought for me because of my birthday. Oh yeah. Cause that's what people do. People just buy me shit for my birthday. No, I mean, it was bought because of my birthday date. It's like the May 14th wand. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. No, people just send me Harry Potter. Wand. Well, actually I wouldn't hate it. All right. People, people send your, your wands, your discarded wands to Jack Vanek. You can oh, find yeah. her online. Thanks. I'll create a new house with them. These news pieces won Milan. Across this episode, we're going to be calling him yeah. Milan because he wanted an exotic flair anyway. So we're going to teeter yeah. back and forth between those two because we can't get it right so just i just say, i just can't it's one of those i get brain blocks for some things and this is going to be one of them i'm just never going to remember it Milan. it's like if it's his like name mylar was, if his name was <laughs> if his name was spelled dallas and we see dallas all the time we pronounce it dallas <laughs> you know we so, should just mispronounce everybody's yeah. names because like they don't deserve the, Especially yeah. the perpetrators yeah, yeah. exactly so these news pieces won this guy uh, more and more notoriety, and he was he was talking about writing a book. People said you should really write a book. He started writing cookbooks. He would speak on the subject on TV. He was he credited his weight loss with this strengthening uh, relationship with his son, and he says he looks at me like his hero now, uh, which he said on the National Lifestyle Show, The List, in an August episode. Part of the the dark side that I think a couple of people experienced at Whole Foods was um, there was one small incident where when you're working on the front end, you're dealing with money at the cash registers and stuff. And he would have a few infractions where his till would be off uh, or wrong in the dollar amount at the end of the day. And it was almost like he couldn't believe that he had made a mistake in his till and it would it would make him angry and not very many people got to see that part of it. And um, I believe that one of the the main reason why he left Whole Foods is he had so many infractions on his till and um, he, he started uh, saying that people were accusing him and it's like, well, the till is the money. Like this is, it's black and white. Like, you know, you're either over, you're under or you're spot on. And so he had enough infractions to get written up for it. And he was just so shocked that he could do something wrong like that. And he had gotten in a heated discussion with his boss and just started accusing her of accusing him of something that he thinks that he didn't do wrong. And he, um, it made her feel really uncomfortable. He did. It was kind of like a private, you know, behind the doors, not on the floor for customers to see. And he's in this heated argument with her that made her feel scared. And that was one small, you know, part that I think that people didn't see that. And he would, like I said, he was a big guy and and could be intimidating and was extremely loud. And um, that was just one kind of scary thing that behind closed doors that someone that I worked with got to see. So, of course, Megan eventually left that Whole Foods, as we mentioned, and Mylan eventually moved to Phoenix. 
which I'm not sure why people do it, Billy. I'm not sure why I did it. Either. I don't know. Yeah. So what was life like there for Mylan <laughs> and his family? Who has now changed in our outline. outline Myron. Moran. Moran. So Mylan moves to Phoenix and he's pursuing his various hustles related to his weight loss, which, wait, have we talked about how he's a voiceover actor yet? I couldn't find anything about him being also, a voiceover actor. Like, what kind of voiceover work is there to do in Colorado? Well, you can do it remotely. You can do stuff for uh, LA. I guess that's I mean, true. Every, you can, if you have but like, like, how did he get an in? Dude, he was living, I mean, he got married to his wife in Houston. He had a whole weird life before he was well, in yeah. Colorado. So I don't know. And interestingly, I mean, if any of you guys out there do any independent research, there's very little on him. Very little. Nothing about his childhood Mm-mm. or where he was born or anything like that. And I could probably, if I pulled some records, figure that out. But I, No, I found some stuff on that. He was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, it was literally his bio. He graduated from <laughs> Central bio? Visual on his and book. Performing Arts uh, High School with a passion for the arts. It seemed like you like deep dove to do a search. <laughs> yeah, I actually did a search and you're like, I can't find it anywhere. I'm just like, yeah, I got it. Not on websites. I just didn't click on his Amazon. It looked boring. I was like, I'm not looking at his book. There's only 30. Reviews. I think yeah. everybody should leave a couple bad ones. Bad on ones. There. No, you shouldn't leave any bad ones. If the book is good, you should take it at face value and then at the end say, by the way, this is what happened, which we're going to tell you about. But, you know, if the book is good, the book is good. I don't think it was good. I don't think anyone should follow the path he followed, which no. is the things in that book. Okay. Anyway, so whatever. I don't think we really got much info out of that. So he was. He was pursuing his various hustles on his weight loss, and his wife, Iris, was working at Phoenix St. Joseph's Hospital as the outpatient surgery center administrator. Mylan had launched a brand new vegan food line called Full Flavor Vegan, and that website is still up at fullflavorvegan.com if you'd like to check it out. And at this time, he was also working as with the executive producer of the TV show The Biggest Loser to create a series of how people can get back on track in their lives, which is like pretty legit very legit don't know how we got there him and his wife eventually learn that she is pregnant with another baby and they deliver a girl named anora which is a very pretty name Anora's very pretty name so at some point after the birth of their second child the relationship between mylan and iris begins to sour after eight years of marriage iris ross filed for divorce in june of 2017 like i said whole foods was so excited about his book his book was on the shelf and I saw his book on the shelf and, you know, everybody was talking about him and, you know, how he was on TV and he was on the doctor's talk show and he became a motiva- motivational speaker w- about his weight loss journey and everything. And so I definitely saw all of that and he moved away from Colorado to Phoenix, Arizona. And so, yeah, kind of followed his journey from afar and after he moved away and um, saw his social media activity and that he was on TV and stuff like that. And just, I just couldn't, I could believe it and I couldn't because of his charismatic nature. I could believe it, but, um, those of us that worked close with him at work just saw how forced and kind of fake it was on a day-to-day basis. The divorce files say that the marriage was irretrievably broken with no chance of reconciliation. Don't you like how they always use just like these like really, yeah, irretrievably. This I've is never, not, yeah, this is not You never use happening. that in normal we're language. We're not getting it's back not re- together. Irretrieved. It just should say we're never ever getting back because together. Because you can't play put it, just play the Taylor Swift song and say like, this shit's over. You, but you yeah. can't put that. No, God, that's is, what I'm going to do if I ever get a divorce. I'm going to use some like emo lyric. Totally. Anyways. You're going to play the Come on, Blink-182 is not emo. 
Aren't Blink-182 like the godfathers of emo? They're not emo. They're like pop punk. All right. Anyways. They stay together for the kids song. That's kind of I never emo. liked Blink-182. All right. All right. The records also showed that Iris worked at St. Joe's Hospital as the director and healthcare administrator and for outpatient surgery center. And as part of the divorce settlement, Iris would pay her ex-husband $766 a month for child support because she made $150K annually, which was a lot more than his $30,000 a year. I would flip just... I don't want to say murder because I'm not going to throw that out there, but like 30, but no. And it's like he, and he's bragging about all the money that they had his voiceover stuff. And you know, it's, it's totally, um, reminiscent of everything we see in LA where people have all this shit brewing. I'm a producer on this. I've got this book. I've got this, but they were like broke. It's everybody on the dating app, Raya, that says that they're doing some cool shit in Hollywood. That's making $30,000 a year because they're secretly a uh, bartender in like a neighboring town where and sleeping on their friend's down. couch. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Dude, f- this guy. Right. So you see this sometimes, you know, this guy lost a ton of weight. He changed his life. Was he now thinking that he was he was looking at other women? Was he thinking that he was better than her now? I mean, you know? he obviously has like traits of like a narcissist within his personality. So add this whole new boost of confidence to being like a fit guy that's lost a person of weight basically i'm sure he's probably just like screw this kind of thing i wish we had some insight as to who he was before he lost the weight because i wonder if he was like a victim like Mm. i would love to know what this narcissistic personality does when they're in a position to be like woe is me type shit like i would you know it's hard to get that insight well, also because the only information out there is him doing these motivational speakings, which is a facade, anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and he's and he's obvi- he's living off of her. Uh, she's his meal ticket. She's beautiful too. She's really pretty, and yet he's his son is adorable, and he's adorable. and he's gigantic. And then he loses this weight, and then he's thinking like, you know what? I've got all these other side hustles that are going on there. I don't need this. I can now get an even hotter wife well and he's getting that 766 dollars a month i know all the stuff we're talking about with this low income but bragger kind of style personality like we mentioned is very characteristic of a lot of people in los angeles who are just trying to claw their way to the top bullshit their way to the top exactly and it's like a lot of sociopaths move to la a lot of dreamers move to la a lot of people are trying to make it oh yeah we've dated many of them many and clearly mylan is in that category as well Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. So after the couple officially splits, Iris moves into an apartment complex nearby with a roommate, a friend named Lushania Echeverria. Ooh. Eastern European. I like that. Uh, the two women had met at a spirituality group and become fast friends. And initially, this divorce seemed fairly amicable. I mean, all divorces suck, but the two agreed upon joint custody and were co-parenting and coexisting amicably. Right, but... 
that eventually started to change. And that amicable nature of that divorce started to shift and lean in another direction. Mylan started acting differently and making subtle threats towards Iris. And Iris's sister eventually revealed that Mylan was becoming unhinged slowly but surely. She said the man was off his rocker. One minute he was yelling at her, calling her a whore. And the next minute he was wanting to tell her that he loved her and he wanted them to be a family unit. He also claimed that he was working with a voodoo priest in New Orleans to put a hex on her. Ooh, ooh, I wonder if he has a voodoo doll. Probably a pear doll. So Iris's roommate also said that Mylan's harassment of Iris escalated in the recent weeks. He had showed up to pick his children with a handgun that he said he was carrying for protection, which is f***ing terrifying. But even though the couple had difficulties, Iris Ross chose to see the positive in the situation, which is wonderful. Her roommate explained that she believed everybody was honest and good, even her ex-husband. That ultimately he would do right for the children and he would have a healthy parenting relationship with her so the kids could grow up healthy. Right. So this push, pull, back and forth, misery, divorce shit brought this separated couple all the way up to Christmas of 2017. So they were tapering off their relationship. They were figuring out this uh, custody agreements without really involving the courts. And moments at moments they were amicable and seemed to be cordial. And then sometimes they would have these disagreements. But according to court records, the couple agreed that Mylan would get the children for Christmas Eve and Iris would pick them up for Christmas Day. And Mylan picked up their kids and had a lovely Christmas Eve per the plan, per the video posted on Mylan's Facebook. Hey guys, uh, Mylan and I'm hanging out with Nigel on Christmas Eve. And... We're about to embarrass ourselves. <laughs> We're gonna sing. You ready? Yeah. Me, me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pop. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Dope, dope, dope. He's, He's making a list. And checking it twice He's gonna find out Who's naughty or nice Santa Claus Is coming To town He sees you When you're sleeping He knows When you're awake He knows If you've been bad Or good So be good for good you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'll be telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to So the following morning, which is Christmas morning, Iris calls her ex-husband. They apparently have a cordial telephone conversation talking about the logistics of the pickups. Both parents agree that Nigel and the 10-month-old daughter, Honora, should stay a few hours longer with their father because Honora was fighting a cold. And Iris was excited to get her kids, and she was prepping for the Christmas festivities at her place. 
because she was having a 20 guest Christmas dinner that she had been cooking for and setting up for all morning. 20 guests. How do you like that many people? I don't know. It's a good question. I'd have like a three guest yes. dinner. Your parents and me. Yeah. Yeah. Billy. Not, Not Billy. Not you me. have your own family. I know. <laughs> I know. You're in Phoenix with bu- a bunch of with killers. <laughs> we don't know that yet. Whatever. Whatever. I think they can assume <laughs> as much. We did so set something. it up at top. This is a murder podcast. <laughs> so it seemed like Mylan, but in her Myron. Was having, was having fun with his kids over Christmas Eve and a Christmas morning. And right. So in this, in this video with Mylon and his son, it just seems very forced. It doesn't seem like a true, like I'm happy. I'm having a happy moment with my son. It seems very theatrical and staged. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, if you Google Mylon's name, you, his Instagram's still alive and well, and this is the last post that he posted. So you can go and see the actual video on his actual Instagram and then also see the comments that have happened. Also on his since. Facebook. His Facebook's active as well. Now it's time for Iris to pick her kids up on Christmas morning per the agreement. And she called her ex-husband, Mylon, and there was nothing that would indicate that any sort of conflict had arisen. There were people with Iris at the time, and nothing seemed out of sorts. And she left her house a little before 3 p.m. and headed towards her ex-husband's apartment. And then around 3.45 p.m., the police were dispatched to the Highland apartment in Phoenix. So the police received a barrage of calls detailing the horrific events that were happening over there. When they arrived, 38-year-old Iris Ross was found dead in the patio area of the apartment complex. Two witnesses told the police that they had seen Mylon Ross rummaging in the woman's pocket, and when they asked him if she was okay, he responded with a quick no and pointed a gun towards them, which has to be the most terrifying thing in the world. Once Mylan realized that the police had been called, he barricaded himself into his apartment with his two children. And this thing turns into a situation. Got a situation. Six hour standoff. Do you know where this apartment complex is? I don't. Phoenix is an all in one little Phoenix block. Phoenix is an all in one little block. Phoenix it, is yeah. huge. Yeah, it's gigantic. Where's, is Highland a neighborhood? Lots of a street. Murderers need somewhere to live and they all flock to Phoenix. And they do. And somehow I've been spending way too much time there recently. Yeah, no, mm. Phoenix is the, it's the Florida of the West. Florida. <laughs> so sad. But Scottsdale's awesome. Yeah. So is Sedona. How far away is Sedona from Phoenix? Under two, two hours. hours yeah. Oh. Well, Just Scottsdale's like basically in Phoenix. Right. Yeah. Okay. Onward. Onward. The, uh, this thing turns into a six hour standoff and a lot of uh, rounds of gunfire are exchanged. They try negotiating with him. And at this point, the officers are unsure. You know, they don't know whether these kids are alive or not inside. He keeps changing his story. And at one point, he threatens to kill the kids if they come in. You know, it's it's he's using the kids as his bargaining chip because he knows that outside there is that he knows that he, you know, he knows they know he already killed somebody. So the only Mm -hmm. way that he's going to be he's going to survive this situation, he thinks, is by threatening the children. But at about 10 p.m., the police were fed up. They were getting desperate. They send in a robot into the apartment. They were able to see with a camera that 10-month-old Nora Ross was dead. And shortly after that, special assignment unit officers entered the apartment and they were fired upon by Mylan. One officer sustained injuries during the exchange of gunfire, but they were finally able to get him into custody. And then they also discovered that his 11-year-old son, Nigel, had also been shot and killed. Okay, first of all, this is Horrific. How do you shoot a 10 month old? It's like the size of a ham. Disgusting. Like that's so, I just imagine pointing a gun and killing a baby. 
Like how unhinged do you have to be to do that? No, typically when you see infanticide, you you see that it's either smothering or strangling yeah. or drowning, shaking. shaking. Yeah, a gun. It, yeah, it's I, insane. Insane. Ample, I actually ample. haven't really heard of that before. I heard it one other time. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it the same kind of thing where they killed like the whole family, the wife and the baby? Yeah. It was a three, yeah. yeah. But I also wanted to mention. Okay, this is Christmas Day in an apartment complex. Can you imagine? Can you imagine in an apartment complex? Oh my god! Everyone's trying to celebrate Christmas and. There's gunfire, your building's on lockdown, and just the horror of... I mean, you're right. You're sharing walls with people. Like, that's very close. And there's this close. hours-long standoff with the police, and they're sending a robot into... <laughs> it's, it was probably... That's wild. Crazy chaotic. I was at my current job, and I was... Uh, which is not with Whole Foods anymore, but I was sitting at my desk. It was a few days after Christmas maybe the day after even, and I get a text message from my friend Hannah, who still works at Whole Foods, and she texts me and says, hey, do you remember Mylon Ross? And I said, yeah, of course, who could forget that guy? And she just sends me the link to the article with the picture of his mugshot, and it says uh, the the title of the article was Vegan Chef, Martyr's entire family or something like that. And I, like, my stomach just dropped when I saw his mugshot and read the title of the article. And I was just like, I remember I, I was shocked. I I hadn't known that he had had a, a baby, that his wife had had a baby. And I'm reading through the article and it's shocking. But at the same time, I'm like, I can also... Imagine this happening too, as terrible as that is to say. There, there was something off about him. There definitely was. And I logged into my Facebook account and watched that video and just, I mean, the look on his face and just knowing that what happened happened mere hours after that is just disgusting. It's just, it's a disgusting feeling and, um, it was just really sad to watch that video being posted and then knowing what happened afterward. After all of this happened, people were really trying to make sense of this tragedy. And Iris's sister told the police that on that day where this all occurred, she received a text message from Mylan and knew immediately that something was wrong. And she apparently said that the text came in around 2.52 p.m., the first message said, I just killed Iris and the kids. The second message said, with a gun. God. And she said, I knew that man was unstable. I knew he had a very, very dark side. I just didn't know it was this dark. So after news of Mylan's horrific triple murder spread, more information started coming to the surface about the situation. Some of Nigel's teachers and educators at a summer camp that he attended said that they could tell something wasn't right at home. So they insisted that the family accept a scholarship for Nigel to stay for another four weeks at um, this camp that he was at. It was a theater camp that he attended where he earned the lead role in their production of Aladdin. And they described the little boy as talkative, assertive, and a natural leader. The lead role in the Damn. So he was Aladdin? Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, no, he was either the lead role of... No, he was either Aladdin or... Jafar. Or, but or, I think uh, I saw... No, no, J- no, not Jafar. Um, the, the genie? The, I think uh, he was Aladdin. The boy, yeah. Oh, the boy is Aladdin. Aladdin. Right. Aladdin. No, you know, he could have been... Um, the genie. The genie. But I think he was but Aladdin. But the lead he role... I, think, I, I mean, I think I saw Aladdin. a photo yeah. and he was dressed as Aladdin. That's adorable. Oh, Jesus. All right. 
So with all this media attention, it was soon revealed that Mylan had been hiding something from everyone he knew. Two women came forward. Their names were Ebony, Shawnice Ross, and Shalanda Ross. And they are also daughters of Mylan Ross. The sisters revealed how their family, a wife and four daughters, were abandoned in Missouri back in 2003 by Mylan. So he had this whole other family that he just Second up and life. left. Insane. Court documents show that their mother, Nicole Ross, fired for divorce in St. Louis five years later after, quote, her earnest, diligent attempts to locate Mylan were unsuccessful. He kept his past and his four daughters a total secret from everyone in this new life of his. So wait, did they try to contact him? They tried to contact him a bunch after he left. They just said after diligence. But it's just weird because he was so public with his his whole situation of being like a motivational speaker with all his books and with social media and stuff. You think, think it would be, not well, well I think it was a little bit, it was 2003. But their last name is Ross too. I don't have an explanation because it was probably, this happened in 2012. No, the, no, the story starts in 2012 with all the weight loss and everything. Yeah, so, so this, this was 2005 years. And then maybe they just, 2008. Like, yeah. Well, 2008 is when they finally, did like, it. Whatever, so he, he had been off the radar for five years mm-hmm. yeah, and then okay. they did it. And then he resurfaces. Then he back up. Yeah, exactly. Right. But it's so dark. And, um, the oldest of Mylan's abandoned children, Shalanda, told the news outlet that she had nightmares of the days that she was abused and forced to stay at home from school until her bruises were gone as she discussed this abuse that she, you know, endured at the hands of her father, Mylan. It was punching, choking, slapping. It's, it's terrible. And his second oldest child, Ebony, said that her dad's use of food to inspire strangers to live healthier lives was a reminder of the torture they suffered as children. He would withhold food from us, describing a year-long punishment they remembered where the sisters said their said their bathroom breaks and time outside their room and food were also limited and that their dad would blow the smell of chili cheese sauce in their face and they would only get butter and sugar rice for that entire year. God. And the two women said they were able to move past their experience thanks to counseling and therapy. But they say, you know, Mylon clearly clearly ran from his past and suppressed an evil inside him. And that's, you know, it's clear their father, Mylan, has these mental and behavioral issues that came back to haunt him. I mean, that's like, he's like a captor. Well, I want to say something um, interesting. And I don't know too much about this, but maybe you guys do. But there's some correlation between food and murder, sort of. Where there is this one um, Psychology Today article that's saying there's a correlation between people who like things that are bitter and malevolent personality traits. There are studies that say that there's some tie between food and personality. Mm. And I think it's bizarre that this guy, he's overweight at one point, um, so obviously he's got some food addiction. He also uses food as punishment yeah. um, with his first family, and then he uses food as a valid you know, he correlates food with validation in that he loses weight and gets all this attention. So he's got this strange pattern of using food to do whatever. Yeah. yeah and he is... also remember he, he, on his off day, he spent six hours at whole foods. Yeah. I mean, his whole he life is like ruled by food. food he's using it as a weapon. He's using it as validation. Like he's using it in every aspect of his life, really. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if he ever did anything like this with his new family. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you know, um, I mean, Iris was also a vegan. 
Um, that's why they were all on the cover of that magazine together. They were all living. Was this- she vegan before he was, or did they do that? that I don't know. You know, it's so crazy. Because- I mean, that is like literally shit that like a kidnapper does, you know, yeah. when they're like holding somebody in a, in a basement and yeah. giving them sugar or, and you know, blowing the smell of chili cheese sauce in our face. And then we'd only get butter and sugar rice for that, for the whole year. Also, so he's saying, he's saying, this is what, you know, I'm eating all this stuff and, and but- you know what? You're not getting anything. Mm hmm. It's crazy. Um, but I want to directly quote this Psychology Today article. So um, the results of this study revealed a link between a preference for bitter tastes and malevolent personality traits with the most robust association discovered to be with psychopathy and sadism. As compared to salty, sweet, and sour taste preferences, bitter taste preferences were the strongest predictor of both traits. And this obviously, these researchers say, was the first study of this kind where they they linked preferences to antisocial traits. They say that bitter, like a bitter taste specifically, in addition to correlation with dark traits, was also a significant predictor of openness to experiences and extroversion. Agreeableness was positively linked with a preference for sweet food, but not bitter food. Hmm. All right. So while you're having your Christmas meals and post-Christmas <laughs> meals, if anybody's eating uh, or, or like asking for three servings of Brussels sprouts or artichoke or... Are Brussels sprouts bitter? Yeah. But not if you They're cook delicious. them with balsamic vinegar and goat cheese. Butter. Or, or uh, broccoli is considered bitter. I, I love, love broccoli. <laughs> Arugula. Chicory. White Arugula asparagus. These things aren't that bitter. You're just talking about vegetables. Like raw citrus fruits, you okay. guys are those are uh, sour. Yeah, well, so we're literally drinking a mimosa right now with yeah. orange. Okay, blood orange. Interesting. Chocolate. Anybody that likes chocolate no, is a psychopath. Pure, no, but pure cocoa. Yeah. Oh, better. Yeah, no, that's gross. So nobody likes that. Red wine. Oh my god. You guys like red beer. Wine. <laughs> Dandelion. Some, some beer is better. Eggplant. I think it was on another podcast, and I was listening to this guy discuss how serial killers, many of them were fed similarly as children. And there is some research to suggest if you have a weird relationship with food, it can result in a strange control need for control. Yeah. Where they say this, where it's like people who have been in situations where they're starving for long, prolonged periods of time. When they're out of those situations, food becomes an obsession, like of a course, survival yeah. thing. So I think there is something to it. Mylon essentially abandoned his first family when he met Iris in 2009. And she had no idea when she married him that he had been married before, let alone had four children and this whole entire separate life. However, according to Iris's friends, she did find out about his previous wife and kids about seven years into their marriage. And this is when their marriage started to deteriorate, rightfully so. It's like you've been lied to your entire relationship. So after they were divorced, Mylan's abandoned children apparently contacted Iris and told her all about the abuse that they suffered at the hands of Mylan. Iris was in the process of filing for full custody of these kids after she learned of this abuse. And I mean, if you met other, if you found out your husband had former children and they were old enough to tell you about this crazy abuse, you'd probably start connecting the dots. Oh yeah. I mean like, huh, it's not just like no dessert because you're bad. It's like, no, she probably started to realize little things that was happening, like you don't get stuff in your lunchbox or you don't get, you know, breakfast or you're just eating this. And it probably started to come full circle for her. So of course the idea is possibly that she is filing for full custody of the kids after learning about this. And many think that 
these mounting issues started, started essentially building up between Mylan and Iris. And he probably knew that she was aware of these claims and aware that she was going to pursue full custody. And he may have just kind of been creeping towards that whole idea of if they, if, if I can't have them, no one can. Um, which is kind of classic narcissism. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And that was, this was, as this was mounting, he saw this as this might be, she's coming to get the kids. This is going to be the last, this might be the last Mm -hmm. holiday with them. He wanted to, as much as that video sounded forced, he wanted to preserve that and preserve that in, in time. Like this is it. No one's going to take these kids from me. We're having a happy day. This is it. I want this to be preserved. Right. What an asshole. Yeah, he should have taken himself. Like, it's usually a murder-suicide. Yeah. Like, dude's, yeah. Dude's still here. Yeah. Ugh. And that's also classic. Narcissism. Classic narcissism Class- right there. Yeah, like, classic. nobody can have any of them now. They're mine forever. And it's it's total uh, possession. And Serial I'm going gonna, gonna to kill it. everybody I love, and, but I can't. Now they're mine forever, frozen in time as mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Gross. So after the standoff with the police on Christmas, he's arrested. He's charged with murder. He pleads not guilty. In his initial court appearance, he's ordered, held without bond at a Maricopa County jail, which are never, never fun, Maricopa County jails. <laughs> he was held on three counts of first-degree murder, two counts of aggravated assault, 19 counts of aggravated assault on an officer, and one count of distar- discharging a firearm within city limits. So the amount of loss that Iris, Nigel, and Honora's family felt must have been immeasurable, obviously. was raised in a GoFundMe for the funerals of the deceased. Since the killings, Iris's brother, Will Justin Smith, has found optimism in making it his mission to bring healthy food to disadvantaged youth across his home state of Texas in honor of his slain sister, niece, and nephew. So through that newly discovered passion and partnership with the Healthy City Initiative in Midland, Texas, he said he hopes his family's memory will live on after all. And he said, what I can do is honor their memory by doing something that is positive, that is kind of like a love them back to life feeling. And he said that they still live with me every day. Yeah, and we'll have a, uh, a link to that on our social. So if yeah. anybody wants to, wants to donate or just check it out. That's really sad. So what's interesting is that the, this is one of these cases where we're covering it before it's adjudicated because it's so obvious what happened. Uh, uh, there's yeah. no chance he's innocent. And so as his trial approaches, which is a, a date as TBD, we've heard that the prosecution may ask for the death penalty. And um, there's Billy mentioned that he was born and raised in Missouri, but that's not that much information. So there's very little we know about what uh, sculpted him as a person, what mm-hmm. kind of abuse he may have suffered. That's no excuse either way, but uh, there's very little we know. He's still a very elusive character, and I think a trial would really help shed some light on that. But he may just plead guilty to avoid the death penalty, which is likely, in my opinion, especially when the death penalty is on the table. This is something we hope to uh, continue to update you guys on as we learn more. Yeah, the mugshot is terrifying. Um, I looked at that mugshot and it it scared me. It, it really sent a chill down my spine. And um, it looks like his dark side. It looks like that is who he really is. Like, that's his dark side right there. And he, it's like he finally got, it, it finally went to this breaking point where it tipped over. And that's the photo of what that looks like. 
because that does not look like him normally. Like if you see videos and like all these photos of him online, he does not look like that. So it's, I think it's like a photo that it was the exact moment that he realized, crap, like everybody's going to know who I am now. So what were the red flags here? A double life secret family is up there for me. He was a vegan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I do think there's something to his weird food thing, um, using it as punishment. But here's the thing. A lot of people have weird food things. I mean, well, the, the food thing with his previous family was super all, up. Yes. One thing at a time is not right. that big of a deal. But you put it all together. You put it all together where food is just this tool for him where he uses it probably for sympathy when he was overweight. He uses it as a means of income when he writes his book. He loses the weight. He gets attention. He uses it as a punishment for his previous family. Mm-hmm. We don't know what he was doing to his, to Nigel and Honora and possibly Iris too when they were together. And, you know, for him, food is like, it's very significant. I don't even know what to liken it to in, in our own lives because I think mod- people with moderation don't have a device like this in their life. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's fascinating. It was just shocking to have something that close to home happen. I hadn't known anybody to do anything like that. I do have instincts about people, and I do get feelings from them. And I just did not get a good feeling from him from the very beginning, despite how charismatic and, like, you know, nice he was on on the outside. I just had this weird feeling about him and just picked up on all these tiny little things that he would do, these tiny manipulative, you know, little things that he would do. I totally picked up on it. And I think like a good takeaway from this is, you know, Megan said in the beginning that she had an unsure feeling about him, like something was off, like her gut reaction to him was just weird. And I think it's always important to trust those gut reactions because God forbid you're put in a weird situation with somebody. Like, I don't think in his situation it could have been her or a coworker because it was obviously out for his family. However, there are a lot of other situations that it's a random, like, crosser by. So, you know, if you find yourself feeling very uncomfortable with somebody, like, always trust your gut. Absolutely. You don't have to like everybody. No. You don't have to like everybody. And I wonder if Megan, after this happened, did she say if she should have asked her if she called? the other people that were on that panel. Well, like I, voted for I told you so. She didn't, but she did say that a lot of them are in touch and they were half were surprised. Like uh, many people felt the way she did. It was about 50, 50 where either you bought into his shit or you didn't. Yeah. And, um, she has an ex who worked with her and they were shocked, but not they're shocked at the horror of it. See, and- that's what's so weird is it? Yeah. You can be shocked at the horror of it, but you're when you look and you think, you know, people kill each other. Listen, there's 15,000 murders every year in America. You're going to look around and say, if one friend killed somebody, say that that, that never would happen. But but if it did, people, it's probably that guy. There are people there when you think like, like all yeah, right, that that's that's horrific. But yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I get it. Like, and yeah. how more people didn't see it, and you know, whatever. But Megan, we thank you for telling us about the story because I do think there there'll be many more Megans in mm-hmm. in first degree than than family members or best friends. It's like, that's the weirdest thing about it. It could be a coworker. It could be someone just like on the periphery of your life and you never expect them to impact you or come into contact with these people. But more often than not, it will be just like 
man, I worked with this guy. Yeah. And he got really aggressive with that supervisor. He just as easily, he's one of these guys who could have gone postal had he gotten could have fired. Yes. In if some he would have gotten fired Oh, he could have come back way. and shot up, shot up Whole Foods. Shot up Whole Foods. I think that's what you meant by going postal. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. just mean postal. Like a euphemism. No, totally. I, you know what? Have you guys heard about that story where the guy killed um, a reporter and a cameraman on air? Yeah. Yes. Of course, so yeah. So he has a very similar personality right. to Mylan. I watched a bunch of shows on it, and he um, was fired, and his ego was so ruffled, and he was very um, sensitive when he got criticism because he was an on-air anchor, mm-hmm. and he was very narcissistic. And I remember him being described very similarly. Yeah. And he went back and... No, it's you never know. It, it could have, you know, it, it just as easily as it was his family, which, you know, 11-year-old, a 10-month-old... It's disgusting. It's insane. Yeah, I can't imagine those final moments. But, you know, um, you got to just trust your gut. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank God he didn't go up and shoot up an entire store. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy, by the way, was uh, Vester Lee Flanagan II, who was also known by the professional pseudonym of Bryce Williams. And he was a reporter at WD. Interesting. A pseudonym. Uh, Whoa. What was his original name? (laughs) His original name was... Vester Lee Flanagan the second. That is sick. And it by the way, like there's like... no the second. You're a junior. As yeah. a junior myself, my dad wanted to name me the second. They're like, no, you can't. It's junior. So that's not even a real thing. You can't be you the can second. You can be the third. You can what, be the third, but what you can't a... be the second. Wait, that is Vester Lee. And what Flanagan. did he change his name to? Brian? Bryce. Bryce Williams. Bryce. Bryce. The most like boy douche name. He wanted to be his anchor. Yeah, my well name Chad. Bryce, what's his last name? Sorry. Bryce Williams. Bryce Williams. Pick something better. Just call yourself Chad McChad. Chatty McChatterson. And and that that was horrific. And uh, And that was filmed, right? Alison Parker and Adam Ward were the the, uh, names of the reporter and the the journalist. Was also an anchor there. Oh, God. Oh, it's awful. I think there was a Sword and Scale episode about that. Yes, there was. And there was a 2020. And there's there's all sorts of coverage of that case because it's, It's you know, horrific. you can see these parallels between these individuals. So it's like when you meet someone like this, trust you, know you know something is off and 100%. like trust your gut and distance yourself from people that you inherently just feel uncomfortable around. Absolutely. Again, you don't have to like everybody. You don't have to please everybody. Like keep yourself safe, you know, keep yourself safe, but keep the creepos away. So we got the story because Megan slid into Alexis's DMs. Thanks, Megan. Um, I think everybody knows by now that Alexis is going to be the one checking her DMs. Yeah. DM me, you guys. That Okay, so the first degree Instagram, I check that, but not as much as my own. Yeah, and I get too many like random DMs. So if you guys really want to... Us to know about if it. you were DM me. yeah if you really want us to tell your story DM Alexis but you can also DM me and Billy if you would like um, follow us on Instagram like roulette though don't count on it don't count on me <laughs> do you read your DMs Billy of course I do yeah uh, I do actually read all mine no you do but you're swamped but it's yeah but I'm doing five different projects at once so it's hard for me to focus um, have you guys wait this is random have you guys taken the Enneagram test uh uh-uh. do you know what it is no it's like a personality test but anyways my personality Myers Briggs. I did Myers Briggs. I know what your type would be, Enneagram. It's different. You would be a number three. It's the achiever. Oh, totally. But I am a number seven. I forget what my thing is called, but I'm fueled by experiences and I'm very scattered, is basically me in a nutshell. So, yeah, not me. Anyways, uh, follow us on Instagram at Jack Vanek, at Alexis Linkletter, at Billy Jensen, at the first degree. Um, yeah, send us your stories. We'd like to tell them and uh, keep your vegans close, but not that close. And Billy. Oh, and happy candy cane day.
happy Winer's Day. And happy Winer's Day. And happy thank you note day. And happy Boxing Day, which is really what. Write your thank you notes, people. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 